Hello, I'm Mark Bassingthwaite, the Risk Manager here at ALPS, and welcome to ALPS In Brief, the podcast that comes to you from the historic Florence building in beautiful downtown Missoula, Montana. I am uh, back from a trip into uh, the, the home office in Missoula and back in the, the satellite office here in Florida and uh, have with me uh, two folks that I've just had the joy and pleasure of getting to know over the years and uh, the privilege to work with a few times over the years at various uh, ABA uh, events and it's just been a lot of fun. Uh, so please help me in welcoming uh, Sharon Nelson and John Simic. And uh, Sharon and John are President and Vice Presidents of Sensei Enterprises, which is really uh, the heart of the topic we're going to talk about today. Before we kind of jump into some of the uh, questions and things I'd like us to visit about uh, Sharon and John. May I have each of you take just a couple of minutes and, and share whatever you'd like to share about yourselves. What, what would help our listeners uh, get to know you a bit better? Well, I'll start and then I'll turn it over to John. So okay. what, what we do at Sensei Enterprise is managed information technology, managed cybersecurity services, and digital forensics. So we have kind of three branches, uh, and that means we're running a fire station without a Dalmatian here. So there's always emergencies, uh, and and it, it gets very it gets very difficult to keep all the balls in the air. And we 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 are also married with uh, six children and ten grandchildren. Oh so, my gosh! Uh, we're together all day and all night too. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, you didn't tell me you're a lawyer, though. Oh, well. <laughs> Do they care? <laughs> Maybe. Well, John is the veteran technologist, and I am the lawyer, and, and that's why we kind of decided to work together when we started the company some 25 uh, years ago, more than that now, just just a yeah. little bit. Um, uh, you, you know, John was the talent, and I was the lawyer-slash-marketer who could sell ice cubes to Eskimos, so that worked out really well for, for us both. Yep. <clears throat> And, and I'm not a lawyer, as you can probably tell. Uh, I'm an engineer by degree um, and uh, been involved in technology, uh, geez, informally even before it, before the Internet. Uh, and I, I don't remember that uh, presidential candidate that was trying to uh, create it. Whatever. But, you know, back in the days of the modems and all that stuff. But I, but I have a lot of technical certifications, you know, formal training as well. Uh, yeah, but it's, um, you know, I, I guess a lot of people think that, you know, I, I should be wearing a pocket protector and have a propeller head. Um, but, yeah, that's as Sharon said. I, I do the technology stuff. Um, testifying expert, you know, as well uh-huh. because of the the forensics and all that. Uh, just got done with a deposition a couple weeks ago that was really entertaining, at least to me, but not for the other attorney. Um, <laughs> Well, that's how it's always supposed to turn out. Yes. And I forgot, to say, I forgot to say, Mark, that I was the president of the uh, Virginia State Bar a few years ago. Um, right. So that that's was how we ended up in Montana. One yeah, year, that's right? how we ended up coming to see you folks out in Montana. Indeed, that's right. That was a good time. It was uh, a wonderful time. Yeah. <laughs> I did go fishing when we were out there. <laughs> oh well, there we go. Yeah, that's that's boy. There's no place better. You want to talk about some just quiet country, just time on the river with a fly and oh, a lot of fun. Well, you know, one of the things that I've never really visited with you guys about, I'm, I'm genuinely very interested. Uh, you know, Sharon, you've talked years ago, you, you've been a lawyer for, for quite some time. How did you 
sort of make this jump? Was that always sort of the plan to to go into this uh, sense enterprise type business? You know, the alternative um, type of practice. You know, a non-traditional track, if you will. Or you know, how how did this all come about? Well, you know, life is full of accidents, and um, as as I was a young we're experts at that. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, when my first child was born, um, it, her condition required me to stay home through several surgeries and several years. She's fine, but um, I, I ended up working from home as a lawyer. Uh, and then later on, after I had been a lawyer and been seriously involved in the Bar Association, um, uh, I had a, this very nice uh, man who uh, taught uh, technology to uh, anyone at colleges. And he, he was helping me computerize my law practice uh, back in the, the 80s. Uh, and, and I was pretty, pretty wired up for a solo. Uh, but then he, he got relocated because of his job. And I said, what am I going to do without you? And he said, well, I've got this friend down, down the street. And he's really brilliant. But he's a pain in the butt. <laughs> and he said, but I'll, I'll set up a lunch, and if you can stand him, then then he could do a better job even than me. So I met him for lunch. I could stand him. Uh, and so we started out uh, with him helping me with my law practice technology. And ultimately, uh, he had always wanted his own company, and he just looked at me one day and said, you know, um, I, I could be the talent of a company, and you're a lawyer, and you can sell anybody anything, so why don't we hook up and form a company? And that's how we got started. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that. Oh, my. Well, um can you tell me a little bit about the uh, types of service? You, you, you gave a little highlight or overview. Can we dig in a little bit uh, in terms of the types of services uh, that you offer? And I'm also interested, you know, is how would you describe your, your typical client? I know that you do a lot of work, I, I think, with businesses that are not just, you're not limiting your service, in other words, to, to law firms, but, um, you know, is is what you have to offer, uh, would, would it be useful, beneficial to solo small firm lawyers around the country? Well, we actually are devoted to solo small firm lawyers, and not not that they, they are our exclusive uh, uh-huh. client roster. We have we have a client that has over a thousand people. Um, so we not a legal entity. No, not a legal right. entity. Right. But but in any event, you know, we, we do all sizes, but we, we have a special feeling in our hearts for the needs of the solo small because most companies are not interested in them. Uh, they don't really want them because they can't get much of a they profit might, they out. They might of have them. some minimum, you know, unless you have got ten ten bodies or, or more, they're not interested yeah. in even talk to them. You know, and, right. and so somebody's got to take care of these people. So we really specialize in, in finding cost effective uh, things that they can use to do what they need to do. Um, and that's that's been something that we've been celebrated for is that we do take care of solo and smalls along with the bigger firms. Mm-hmm. So it's been a mix, Mark. And, and you know, I, I really feel strongly about that because I was a solo myself. Yeah. And I know how hard it was to get competent help and to get things that you could afford. And now that cybersecurity is so important, uh, it, it's really critical that the solo and small firms have people to guide them uh, in a way that's budget-friendly because this stuff can be really expensive. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm well aware. <laughs> Excuse me. So what types of um, 
services can you help if I'm just a solo stuck here in, in Florida or Montana or, or Iowa? You know, what uh, what can you do for me? Well, we basically, you know, it's we do an assessment, initial assessment, come in there to see what you've got going. Um, and is it appropriate? You know, should we forklift some things? Uh, uh, you know, are you in the cloud even? You know, because today it's, it's so much more affordable and flexible to be in the cloud. And, and, maybe, and secure, yeah, more secure. And maybe you should yeah. be considering that. Um, the We do have some clients that are remote, you know, some in Massachusetts, you know, as well as in, down the coast. Uh, but, and we can do a lot of things remotely. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes though, you do have to have, you know, boots on the ground. Um, and some folks might, you know, have a, a local person if they need, you know, hands on to something, but generally, no, we, uh, you know, we can get equipment, we can configure it, we can ship it, do all that, but, but essentially get you in a position where you're a heck of a lot more secure, you know, mm-hmm. with your technology, um, and you're getting good recommendations yeah, from us about stability, what, what, backup, practice yeah. management systems, document yeah. management. Um, so we we, we can we can help them work with the companies who have uh, appropriate pricing for solo and small. Right, right. And, and that's that's really our our niche is to be able to do that for those people. The solo and smalls are really neglected. Yeah, they right? really and are. Really, but it really is a it's it's kind of a unique thing though because you can't there's not a template right you can't you can't go to the 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 green drawer and pull out you know a a, a system for a solo. <laughs> no, it, I mean they all have different they, needs. They got different needs, D- different yeah. uh, things that are important yeah. to them, different types of practice. Their workflows are different. Um, so it's it, we really do try to, as, as Sharon said, kind of customize and make sure that they do have a cost effective solution. The other advantage I think we have is that. We know a lot about the law and a lot about yes, what right. lawyer, lawyers' responsibilities are and what they're and what's what ethical yeah. and, and what's ethical has changed, Mark. I mean, oh, yes. in, in today, in in today's world, you know, you have to take reasonable measures to protect uh, client data uh, and confidential data. And these days, we have gotten to the point where one reasonable measure is uh, having two-factor authentication. Uh, because it's it's almost always free. It comes with Office 365, which so many solo smalls use. So you just have to turn it on. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, th- that's and that's where, of course, the problem oh, comes. Gosh, that's got to be really hard. Well, <laughs> the, it's the convenience factor, though. They they want to get right in. They don't want to have to get a text on their phone or or you know push push a button on their type, phone, type a, code t- type a code, and whatever it is. Uh, there's all kinds of two-factor authentication, obviously. That and and you have to help them get past the I don't want the extra step to I have to have the extra step because ethics demands this of me because multi-factor authentication stops, you know, almost 100 percent of, of, say, credential-based uh, account attacks. Right. Well, you don't, you don't get a stat much better than that. Especially now when it's free. Yes. <laughs> yeah, especially when it's free to do. You just have to put up with one little annoying thing that you yeah. have to do. But you can, you know, you can trust devices, too. So, you don't. it's not every time. You know, right. you don't have to do this, uh, you know, 30 days or whatever it is, you know, whatever the period of time is. So, um, and a lot of folks, I don't think, realize that. They, they, they think when they hear this, they go, 
oh my no i'm not gonna do this every darn time i connect you know I, well, you don't have to. Right. Yeah, and and you know, you said to, tell a story. Well, here's here's a story. We, we've been able to successfully convince most of our our law firm clients that they they must ethically do this. Uh, and there were several who who protested, and they dragged their feet, and they dragged their feet, and then one of them got hit by ransomware. Um, so you know, yeah. So yeah, that's what happens when you don't take some advice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah. And the first thing they said was, "Okay, we got hit. We." were attacked um and i guess you were right about that 2fa thing so, <laughs> so could you come back and, and fix that for us now yeah so yeah. lesson hard lesson learned but uh boy is it a good lesson once they understand it so i'm i'm hearing you know we can do uh, or you can do lots of um advising and guidance on terms of how to become secure, uh, taking into consideration, you know, regulations we're subject to, the ethical rules, et cetera, et cetera. Do you do any, and I just had somebody call me up yesterday about, they were just talking about some other things, and a side question came out, uh, and it's a solo setting up her own firm, and uh, she's interested, you know, it's, are there services and, and people out there that can help sort of monitor the systems to, to uh, sort of give you a heads up. Her question was, how do I know if I'm breached? And, you know, it's, I, did, can you help you them have, answer that, you know, or do you have, help them sort of deal with that risk? Well, you have today an ethical obligation to monitor for a breach. That's okay. that's pretty much mm -hmm. been established. So now that you know you have to monitor, that's one reason why we are a managed service provider because we have all sorts of alarms and alerts and we check things like backups to make sure everything's going the way it should. There's a lot of automation. Okay. Um, the, the thing is when something goes wrong, we'll get a notice. So the lawyer is, is protected by having the Manage services and the alerts that will go to to their provider, uh, and that way they know right away. They can usually fix it right away, or you know, if power's out or something like that, they have to wait till power comes back. Obviously, but you know, there's that. That's why you want someone watching over all of this for you, because the average lawyer has no idea what any of these alerts mean. You yes. know, these things go off, and they just they're clueless. Uh -huh. So you want that in a in the hands of a professional. And it's not very expensive to get it. And so th this idea of endpoint detection and response, this is another uh, thing that we would say is reasonably required in order for you to monitor for that those breaches. Well, it's not just monitor. It's, it's also react. Uh, it, yeah, it reacts to it. it is, artificial intelligence is part of what the tool uses. Um, so in, in conjunction with human beings, you know, in, right. a, in a security oper in, a, in a security operations center. So if you get a ransomware attack, as an example, or there's some rogue process that comes and starts to, and, and the system sees that, wait a minute, this is outside a baseline operation. Um, and it can even automatically take the device off the wire, off the network. Um, but they have at least the, the solutions that we're out, that we're implementing for our clients. It has a rollback capability. So if it's, got a problem and you say oh shoot you know what let's go back to you know 30 minutes ago and put right. your system back into a state before this happened and we've got that ability 
it's really kind of magic to lawyers. I mean, they don't, as much as we try to explain it, and John did in fairly simple terms, they really don't get it. They just get yeah. that the magic works. Right, right. And that's okay. They don't need to get it. If, 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 if they have somebody like you behind the scenes taking care of, you know, they just need to make sure these kinds of things are in play or in, in place. I, may I also assume that, you know, if I have, um, I, I do stupid on my, uh, my laptop and I get hit with something that, uh, well, you know, we talked about ransomware just as a classic example. Um, are you also offering services to help me address and deal with these kinds of uh, breaches? Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's what you do. You, you got, yeah, I, I do want to, to point out though, Mark, it's, all the technology and things that we do do, mm-hmm. you 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 cannot fix a human being. Right. Oh, <laughs> I mean, who clicks on a phishing email I mean, or a yeah. phishing just, text? Yeah, you know, Sharon talked about a story. We had a story from oh god, what, what's today? Uh, Thursday. So I think it was uh, either Friday or or it, it was no no longer than a week ago. We've got all these things in place, the software that's doing whatever, and yet we've got a lawyer that gets this message and then makes he actually initiates a phone call <laughs> to, to the bad guys to the bad oh guys oh my gosh and it's carrying on this conversation and and under the his own id he's opening up his machine to this caller and there's i'm going oh you know, yeah. I can't stop that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they finally asked him to enter some bank information. And, and he that, got suspicious. Yeah. Then, he, then he finally got suspicious. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, just, just severed the connection. Well, he, he, while he called, called us, we said, <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But but that's that's that kind of thing happens a whole lot. People do stupid stuff, and of course yeah. now everybody's on their phone a lot, um, and and so the the phishing via text has become a big deal. They call that smishing, right? And and people will fall for that, yeah. and you know they'll get something that says, um, you know, you just made a purchase for five hundred dollars, and if you didn't make this purchase, you know, you got to do this or call there, or click here, or whatever. click, you know, whatever. Don't click. Don't call. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. people just are not thinking. Well, the uh, you know, I'm hearing we have full service, which I'm, I'm not surprised at all. I, I just want to underscore all of this. Um, John, you raise a very, very good point. You know, I'm often writing and lecturing about some similar things. You know, the regardless of what IT does, you know, we still have to deal with the reality of the the human factor. And, you know, you can't patch that. You can't, you know, we, we, we have to do some training here. Um, is, is that something you guys uh, do as well? Is, um, are, are there any training resources available for solo small firms? Well, the best training resource I know of is somebody who's not in your own company or in your okay. own law firm. It's somebody from the outside who carries a bigger bat and has a reputation. And that's why um, we, we started out long ago doing cybersecurity awareness training for law firm employees. Okay. And we do it remotely, which is, of course, people have gotten used to that now. Right. So we, we, we have a, a PowerPoint and, and we talk uh, through the PowerPoint. Um, and we only charge $500 for an hour. And trust me, they can't absorb more than one hour because this stuff is complicated and they have to pay attention. So an hour is about right. You might want to 
do it more than once a year, you might want to do it twice a year. And at five hundred dollars, most most law firms can afford that, even the solos and the small firms. For the yeah. whole firm. Yeah. For the yeah. whole, because it's it's a whole firm price. Yeah, we're there yeah. for an hour, and we answer questions as we go along. Mm-hmm. But we can show them the phishing emails and and uh, all the stuff, and we talk about social engineering um, and all the stupid stuff they do, like sharing and the reusing latest, passwords. The latest attacks. That, the latest attacks. Yeah, we give that's them, awesome. You know, the latest latest information and you know people nonetheless people forget and and the the stat that's most interesting to me mark is that over 80 percent of of successful attacks involve a human in some way or another yes. right right good stuff i mean i one of the reasons i really was excited about visiting with the two of you again is just to to try to find or create awareness about resources that are out there because there are so many places where there's, if you will, nothing locally. And when you talk about this preventative um, educational piece, uh, just as an example, and you know, 500 bucks a pop, I sit here and you say, as a risk guy, hey, two or three times a year, that's chump change and absolutely essential to do in my mind uh, when I compare the potential loss of, of time, worry, money, data, all kinds of things. If somebody just does something stupid and clicks on the wrong thing and, and you know, we, uh, we get hit with ransomware and it's, it's all gone, locked up. And, you know, I so think, it's- I, think, I think the other requirements you're gonna have, Mark, too, though, and what we're seeing a lot of is that the cyber insurance carriers yeah. Are, are now in their renewals and in their their applications, they want to know, are you getting training for your yeah, employees? Yeah, that, that's yeah. one of the you questions, know? yeah. Yeah. And yeah. they don't want to hear no. <laughs> yeah. Or, or they might charge you more. Yeah. Or they might offer you less coverage. We've seen it all. I mean, it's, it's uh, cyber insurance is driving the solo and small firms crazy. Yeah, yeah. And here's one, just as an aside, sort of comment following up on that. You know, please, folks, if you're filling out these applications, don't lie. Um, you know, if there's if you say you're doing something and a policy is issued based on those representations, I mean, it's just the same as malpractice insurance or anything else. Um, you know, if, if it turns out you aren't having these trainings and you don't do these other things that you say you are doing or have in place, um, that's going to jeopardize coverage. So just to, just a little side note there, be, be very careful and honest <laughs> about answering this. So um, I, before, I, I don't want to keep you too much longer, and I really, really appreciate you taking some time today. Um, could we close maybe with... Some thoughts uh, about, you know, what um, what are the top two or three things uh, that you think lawyers in this space need to be concerned about, focused on, perhaps, uh, and 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 or a tip or two to to address uh, these kinds of things. Just just a quick wrap. Are, are you talking about cybersecurity in particular, Mark? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, I think Sharon's talked about the things that, you know, I certainly are, are really high on my list, and that's the, you know, the multi-factor authentication, okay. the, mm-hmm. the, the, ED, the EDR systems, the endpoint detection and response. And an uh, incident response plan. Yes. Oh, which good only one. 30, only 36% of uh, attorneys have an incident response plan, and it is so critical because 
if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's an old chestnut of a line, but it's really true. So you have got to have a plan, and you probably need somebody to consult with you a little bit because there's no absolute template out there that fits everybody. You can yeah. start with one, but you know you really need to have somebody who knows what they're doing help you out with developing a plan. And it's not all that hard. It's just that people don't do it, and then if they do do it, then they leave it and to molder. And of course, nothing stays the same in this world, especially cybersecurity. So in a year, if you haven't looked at it and done anything with it, some portion of it is probably quite obsolete. But, but yeah. I think the critical foundation for that whole thing, before you even get down to saying, you know, how am I going to respond? What does my IRP look like? Is, is inventorying your assets and your data. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you right. don't know you have it, you can't protect it. <laughs> that is an excellent point. Yes, that's absolutely an excellent point. Well, okay, I, I appreciate uh, your, your time here. Before we wrap it up, I do want to give you just a moment to share. If any of our listeners um, have a, a need and desire to uh, reach out to you to discuss you know, the kinds of things that you can help them out with, how can they get a hold of you guys? Well, our phone number is 703-359-0700. Uh, and our website is s e n s e i e n t dot com, or of course you could just search on search Sensei Enterprises. Um, and you know we we have all different kinds of folks in the office, and we'll we'll funnel you to the right people. Uh, very happy to do that, and always happy just to have a you know a no cost consult um, if people have a, have some questions they'd like to ask. Uh, we do a lot of that at the beginning, and then it turns out that they do in fact have a need which is is harmonious for us both Uh, but if it doesn't work out you know at least we've tried to help and and so we we would encourage that mark i hope that's helpful yes it is very much so so uh to those of you listening i hope you found something of value out of today's uh podcast Uh, my intent again today was really i just am trying to find solutions I, i just get so many calls of who do i turn to and and this is a a rough space at times uh lawyers just feel left out uh, and just unsure who to reach to. And I assure you, uh, these two and, and the business they have, these are good folk and it's a great business. Uh, I, I would not hesitate reaching out at any time. So, uh, John, Sharon, thank you very much uh, for uh, for joining me today. Uh, John, good fishing and I, I hope, <laughs> hope you guys uh, you know take care of those grandkids and kids. Uh, boy, that's a busy, crazy life, but I'm sure it's exciting. That's just awesome. So, I'll let you get back to it, guys. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye, all. Well, thank you. Thank yes. you very much. Bye-bye.